Dallas. Rana. Dallas. Rana, how are you? How are things? Darling, how are you? How are things? How are you? Happy How's your New life? Year. Happy has, New Year to you. How's your life? It's been a couple <laughs> weeks, Rana. You sound like a person who has secrets. That's all I'm going to say. You well, all I'm going to say is full of secrets to me today. Well, this is what I'm going to say. My Italy trip didn't turn out as planned, um, but uh, I'm just going to say I got in a lot of trouble over there, Rana. Oh. Yeah. I got in a I, lot of trouble. But I told you you could call me. I know someone at the FBI I could always Rana, handle that. Rana, don't even do that. I've, I I've always did. said, Rana, I gave you the golden ticket. Rana, I gave you that little card with the number on it. And I said, I called in, you in maybe 75 times, Rana. What was it during the holidays, though? I mean. Well, yeah, that's when I was there. Well, that's not my fault that you went during the holidays. I was busy right. during the You're holidays. Right. You can't right. expect somebody to get back to you during the holidays. But I gave right. you the Wonka ticket before you left. I said, you take this card. You did. But my guess is you scribbled someone else's number on it. And then who knows what happened The numbers after that. I got, Rana. I got to tell you, I went through that town like Omicron. So- <laughs> Omnicron, as I like Omnicron. to say. Well, oh, someone said guy, we were both oh, that right. Guy wrote, that guy wrote in again. Yes. The guy that got upset with me for saying EMS. And I want to apologize to everyone. I'm not wearing my Apple EMS watch that I got for, for Hanukkah because I need I'm, to return it to the wrong the, – the face is the wrong size. Wait, but you I actually po- got that watch? Of course I did, dear. I posted it on my uh, on my whatever it's called, social yeah, the media. Whole thing. You know. <sighs> I must thank people. Now, I'm not happy with Tony because you know me. I don't believe in a birthday post because what is the birthday post for except that you're asking people to wish you a happy birthday? That's what Well, that what's is. wrong with that? People, Hello, what, everyone. Do you understand please that, wish me a happy birthday. Rhonda, do you understand that people want to wish you a happy birthday? Well, then they should know when my birthday is and they should wish me happy birthday. I shouldn't have to ask for it. It feels like pandering. And Tony, being the total little devil that he is, put up some sort of a composite where I'm about 900 pounds thinner than I am right now. You're out of your mind. I look like a scarecrow. And for those of you who don't- All of these people posted, they said happy birthday. I forgot, Carl Tatt and I are birthday twins. So I have to say happy birthday Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, happy birthday, Carl. Congratulations. But it was very kind. Everybody wrote in and they said happy birthday. But then, of course, I started thinking about the people that didn't write in. Well, this is what I want to tell everyone. Well, how dare they? This is how you know it's Rana's birthday. When you were feeling your absolute <laughs> worst after the holidays, that's the day. That's what <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. My birthday, I always say it's the first Monday of the year. It doesn't matter whether it's Monday or it's not Monday. It's the day that feels like Monday. That's right. That is the day that is my birthday every that's year. right. So whenever you're just like, oh my God, the holidays are over, I feel disgusting. Yeah. Happy birthday, think, Rana. I'm starting my, <laughs> yes, and I'm starting my cleanse. And then oh, now Rana wants to have dinner with me. And if I go to dinner, I'm worried if I eat anything, I might throw up at the table. Right. Because that's exactly. how full I am from the holidays. That's right. That's and right. it's so, Adam O'Byrne, it's always so, but January for Adam O'Byrne. And he doesn't want to have He's a drink no with me. fun. I'm his boss. If I ask, invite him for a drink, he should say yes. I couldn't agree more, Rana. 
I mean, yeah. everyone knows that the rules around here are basically mad men. If your boss is having a drink, you're having a drink. That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Adams, Adam Ripon. Boy, am I you, sad I missed that. Did you listen? Of course you never I did. listen when you never listen when it's not your turn. Let's yes. be honest. <laughs> I will say, Rana, that's my style, but I yes, did listen. That's your style. <laughs> that is your style, I'll say for sure. I mean, it's so, I'm so entertained by myself, you know. Like I love listening. Yeah, what to did my, I say? Oh, I remember oh, when God, I said I remember that. That, that. That was, was cute. good. That was that good. was cute. Oh, that yeah. was zing. I that zinged zing. them on that one. That I was zinged good. and I zang. Yeah. That's right. Uh Adam Rippon was fun. A Fabulous. lot of fun. I in enjoyed that car. It. Oh, he was hysterical in the car. He really was. But really, like, smart and funny and, like, not that I'm surprised by any of those things, but just, he was, he just. No, just, he was, he could keep up and he could serve it right back. I'm so pissed I missed those figure skating com- conversations, though. Oh, well, we're going to see if we can. burning We're going to see if we can have him. And how about him comparing me to Liz Manley? How dare he with that hairdo? Do you want to know? She was right out of a bottle, Liz Manley. Li- but this is what I want to say, though, Rana. I remember Liz Manley. That was yeah. maybe the first Olympics I remember. And I yeah. remember being wowed by her. And I remember feeling so sad for Debbie Thomas. And oh, I Debbie remember Thomas. That she was went, so you know sad. what? She went to Stanford. She did okay. Rana. Speaking you, of Stanford, I guess, here I guess, we go. Rana, I guess you didn't see her on Ian La Fix My Life a few years ago. Debbie Thomas is oh. not doing well. Oh no, what happened? She even was a doctor. She went to Stanford, she became a doctor, the whole thing. She's what just happened? made really bad investments and she's like living in a trailer. What? Yeah. Where? She's in so much debt. I haven't kept up with her recently because I don't know what happened oh, after Eon no. fixed my life. I know. It's and we actually shouldn't even talk about it. But that was the year of Katarina Vitt and Debbie Thomas. Yeah. And then um Liz Manley came out of nowhere. Yeah, Liz Manley. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to see if we're going to have Adam on again because he's only broadcasting from Stanford, Connecticut. What, he can't shoot up to Marblehead? I know, honest to God. Really? So he doesn't have access to a vehicle? I mean, what's going on? When does he go to Beijing anyway? He doesn't go. So you didn't okay. listen to the whole show. So there I we go. I did listen to so the whole show. you just got zing, zang, zagged is what Rana, you got. I did listen to the whole boom, show. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome to Happy New Year. <laughs> the lies have started. That's what's going on here. Yeah. You- <laughs> You're going to have to start January okay, over after I wasn't, this podcast. Look, Rana, I did listen to the whole episode. I guess I was boom. in and out of the room. I boom. had it on my boom box. In and out of the room. You just fast forwarded <laughs> to the part where they talked about you. They, uh, he's this broadcasting from Stamford, Connecticut. He doesn't get to go to Beijing. I do remember this now. No, you don't. You know what? Let's not play this game. You know okay? what, Rana? I'm not going to be accused <laughs> of things I didn't do. You don't do. have to be accused. You this walked right into it. We're not in Salem. <laughs> we want to be close to Salem, Rana. We're not in Salem. You walked right into it. You said, when does he go to Beijing? I didn't quiz you. Rana, I couldn't remember. <laughs> forgive. God, forgive me. I missed that part. <laughs> I'm having fun already. I know you're. But are. listen, Renee Flores wrote in. That needle nose wrote in. Oh, yes, he and, did. And he, he said that Nathan Chen went to his, he had to put in an extra little something, went to his alma mater, which I is Yale University. I didn't know Renee was a Yale graduate. I didn't, know I he didn't was a either. He was a bulldog. Padme. All of a sudden, those messages we get from him are, are a little bit more classy than they used to be. They, that's exactly, I feel exactly the same way about <laughs> what you just I'm reading said. them through a different lens now. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, the, uh, Renee wrote in and, and he wrote, by the way, he wrote in on email. He posted on Instagram. I think he posted on Patreon. He wanted to be heard. He wanted to make he sure covered that he was every being base heard. we've got. He absolutely did. The only yeah. thing he didn't do was write to me personally. I'm shocked. Uh, to let us know that Nathan Chen, uh, Yes. Dearest Rana, happy birthday. I loved in all caps this episode's but there's always a but. These are his words, not mine. I have to represent skater Nathan Chen and I shared alma mater. Nathan is a junior at Yale University, not Stan- Stanford, but it could have been worse. You could have said he attends that disreputable, decrepit school in Cambridge. Excuse me. Wow. His kiss birthday cake, Renee Flores, he slash him slash his. But let me tell you something. He forgot to capitalize Cambridge. So you just zinged yourself, Zing, Renee. Zong, zoink. Yeah. Renee so I Flores. guess that Ivy League education got you everything except some initial caps. How does that sound? Eat it. Uh, <laughs> now we had, uh, two other things. I want to read another update just cause it's so crazy. Yes. And then we're going to read a nice update. That we're we going to read an anniversary update at the end yes. of this. Uh, dear Ron and Brian, first off, I want to say that I love you both so much and I thank you for what you do. Mm. I am emailing because I can't stand to listen to the free feed any longer. Well, this lady complains about a completely age-appropriate relationship being creepy. I think five years is completely appropriate. This is the woman that wrote in and said she was taken advantage of. She was 19 and he was 24. Right. And an older, and an older man took advantage of her during Renee, during Adam Rippon's, uh, which, by the way, during the interview, I addressed that I didn't think that was very strange at all. But in any event. Mm. I think five years is completely appropriate, unless it's something like 13 and 18. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Well, I agree. When I was 19, I started a long-term sugar baby, sugar daddy relationship with a man who turned out to be 60. And I, to this day, look back, look back <laughs> at that relationship fondly. Of course, a 60-year-old dating someone a third of their age is creepy, but he was so adoring and worshiping to me that I never felt taken advantage of because it was something I was agreeing to. Anyway, the point of this letter is to say that a 24-year-old dating a 19-year-old is not a situation, situation where you're being taken advantage of by some older man. He definitely could have been a jerk, an all-around scummy guy, but I just don't think it's fair to accuse him of being predatory in that manner. Sorry for the rant. I don't know why I felt so bothered listening this morning, exclamation point, exclamation point. I love you both so much, Ruby. Right. Okay. I would take another look at that 1960-year-old thing because I think the reason you wrote in so upset about this has something to do with that. I I disagree completely. I think that Ruby had too much coffee and that has nothing to do with her feeling judged for dating a senior citizen. Right. When she had just become an adult. Right. She was one year out of being an adult and she was dating someone who was about to end up in a Five years away from retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Woo. Uh, okay. Read that one year update. Okay. And then we have a very fabulous fun. This guest is today. like this is I'm like really a class excited. act today. Well, we'll see. We'll see well, how you're classy right. you're she right, is. She's my friend from the internet, so I don't know what she's like in person. We're gonna find well, out. Well, based but... on her pedigree, I feel I in other words, all the work she's done. The activism, the books. I feel like I feel like she's a safe safe bet. Not to mention, she has she has advice in her blood. 
It courses through her veins. Sure. Yeah. She is the granddaughter of Sigmund Freud. Can you even imagine? Sorry, great, great granddaughter, I believe. Can you believe it? So she better bring it in the advice department. And she better bring it in the Vienna department. Yeah. I hope oh, she's I been can't back. Wait. Oh, yeah. She's, well, we're going to hear about it because yeah. she's got all kinds of that. She's, she loves the coffee, hates the place. Oh, okay, great. Well, by the way, she has a reason to hate the place. I, I mean, they, they drove her great-great-grandfather, chased him out of there with all everything. They did. I'm going to double-check. I want to fact-check that story with her because I believe something happened where his daughter was arrested and then they had to leave. I see. Yeah. yeah. Arrested by the, you know, Nazis. Sure. Uh, or the Nazis, as my father used to say. The Nazis? Uh, yeah, the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I've never heard it that way ever in my life. Oh, you should meet, you should have met my father. You'd get a real kick out of him. I already do. Um, okay, read me. All this, right, so uh, this was yeah. on Dan Savage's episode. Like Who? A, Dan Savage, Ron. Never heard of him. He is Don't remember it. Well, this is what I can tell you about him. <laughs> is that he really gave us a run for our money because, well, yeah. Me, speaking of, yeah. he is he is an advice guru. You could yeah. say, yeah. Dear Ronna, dear Ron and Brian, last year I wrote to you all regarding the death of my former boyfriend. I asked if it was strange for me to reach out to his former husband with condolences and friendship, as both of yes. us were in the dark about the details surrounding the untimely death. I of remember this. this. Soul. Yeah. yeah, it was very sad. He was 39 and had married this man closer to his age after we stopped dating a decade ago. They were no longer together, but still close. Your advice to reach out and not worry. Your advice was to reach out and not worry. I did just that, and I'm happy to say that over the last year, we've developed a nice pen pal-like friendship via text and social media. We're through teen messages of holiday wishes, encouragement, and fond memories. What we have not met, and may never do so due to distance, schedules, lifestyles, etc. It has truly been a healing experience. I have you to thank. It has meant so much. I wanted you to know. I ask that you never diminish, even jokingly, the good work that you do. I am grateful. Be blessed. Be well. Happy 2022, Jeffrey. Jeffrey! Excuse me, what a lovely letter! That was a real sauna privileges moment. You would you would genuinely taken a back. You recoiled from your microphone. My jar dropped, Rona. Your jar dropped all the way to the floor. <laughs> My jar dropped all the way to the floor. <laughs> that was beautiful. When he said, I ask, I got a chill up my spine because I thought it was going to say, I ask that you not read this letter. <laughs> Me too. Honestly, I thought it was going to be like, I ask that you shut down the show. I ask that you stop. <laughs> You stop here now. You quit while you're ahead. Exactly. As I say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was genuinely lovely. I remember that letter. It was so, uh, he was a very, he's a lovely person. That guy, I want to say was, I don't know. He's still with us apparently. Uh, he, Do you remember Jeffrey Dollars? From Toys R Us? Yeah. Of course. Oh, those were the best. I think I probably have a few Jeffrey Dollars unspent in a drawer I- somewhere. I'll tell you in a drawer. I got to tell you, my jar drawer, dropped when I saw the drawer. When I saw drawers in a drawer, somewhere. My jar dropped when I saw Jeffrey. There she is. She's back. <laughs> I saw a video of Betty White and Carol Channing singing 
some sort of so wherever we go on love. Whatever them. we do, we're gonna do it together. Rana, you could step right into Hello Dolly right this second. Yeah. Do we have Do we have a Carol Channing any longer? There isn't even a D in Dolly when she sings. Hello, Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, there's barely you know, uh, Carol. You said she was a weirdo, and that was so funny to me. I laughed about that for about two weeks. She is a weirdo. What a weirdo you said she. <laughs> she was so a weirdo. True. So completely. I you saw know, her original sing one time. eccentric. Call it whatever you want. She's a weirdo. You she was in a restaurant. She was in a restaurant in the desert, and um, in like Rancho Mirage or something, Palm sure. Desert, something sure. like that. And I don't know why I was there, but I was. But it, she was there because she was there. And did the, you and know, did you like, go to see her? Or you didn't know she was going to be there. I didn't know she was going to be there. It oh, was like, I, or maybe on. my you friend ran into Carol. Chandler. My friend might have known. Was this when you were, was your friend Joe Pesci? You know what, Rana? I don't talk about Joe Pesci in the desert. Remember you and Joe talk- in the margaritas in Palm, in Palm Desert? I don't talk about Joe Pesci in the margaritas in Palm Desert. It's a very personal, private situation. And I keep that very close to the chest. But she sang, stood up in this restaurant. Eat, we were eating breakfast. Oh, no. And, oh, wait, what? Yeah. She wasn't scheduled to perform? I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong. Maybe she was I scheduled I hope you're to remembering it right. All I know is that all of a sudden, Carol Channing is standing up talking about her one of her favorite songs from Hello, Dolly, which is Before the Parade Passes By, uh, and then she starts singing it. It was unbelievable. Incredible. This was like seven or eight years ago. Incredible. Yeah. I can't wait for Dante to Google Carol Channing died 13 years ago. <laughs> in, in any I don't think she's ever. I don't think she's ever died. In any... <laughs> She might, you know, she's one of those that you find out she's still alive. Exactly. Uh, and you think, oh, for instance, Sidney Poitier just passed away. And I thought, oh. Wait, Sidney Poitier passed away? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I didn't know that. Very 94, though. I mean, I, mean, I guess it's sad. That's the thing. Is sort of, oh, he had a great life. He had a great uh, yeah, life. As did yeah. Betty White. All these people had wonderful, wonderful yeah. lives. And, yeah. you know. All right. Listen, our guest is here. We're being rude. We are being rude. Yeah, we should. Well, invite I hope they solve those cases. Ca- yeah. Oh, I do too. Me too. I do too. <laughs> All right, dude. Without further ado, let's bring in Scott Scarlett Curtis. Curtis. Brian. Ronner. Have you ever needed a doctor ASAP? Yeah. Yeah. This manner. This minute. You wake up, you feel a certain way, something appears on your body that was not there the night before, whatever it is. And you know you've got to get in with someone right now. Stat. As the doctors say. As the doctors say, stat. Exactly. Yeah. But the problem is you want to go to someone fantastic. Of course. You want to go to someone with a five-star rating. Yeah. You don't want to have to look twice. I've got a solution for you. I'm ready, Rana. Zuck, duck. I love this. ZocDoc is a fabulous app, okay, that helps you search for doctors in your area. You download the free ZocDoc app, free, of course. Sure. You can search for local doctors that take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment or an in-person or video chat. 
Okay. Nice. You never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Love this. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a psychiatrist, which everyone who listens to this podcast needs, an eye doctor or an other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Yeah. So just go to ZocDoc.com slash AskRana and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free, pardon me. Yeah. Every month, millions of people. You Zoc Doc. And I'm one of them, Rana. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor and I don't feel like waiting a week. I just go on the app and I'm able to get one fast that takes my insurance, as the Texans say. Insurance, exactly. That's exactly. What, I mean, ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Very and, easy. And with the pandemic, I have to say, people mm-hmm. who wants to, so many people are doing the video doctor appointments now in ways that they weren't before. Totally. I had to get a urinalysis the other day because something felt wrong. Turns out everything was fine. I was just drinking more caffeine than usual. How can they How can they determine that? I'm just curious. How do they know that's what the problem is? They don't. They just knew that there wasn't a problem. Yeah. And so they asked me and I, that was sort of the thing where I was like, well, I have been like upping my caffeine intake. They were like, might be that. How is it possible for you to up your caffeine intake is the question. Unless you had lowered it. I had lowered it and then I ramped it back up. And by the way, the ramp is, there's no end in sight to how high this thing well, goes. Well, I'm not, I'm not, that's a conversation for another time. I'm not yeah. sure you should be ramping. Well, all I can say is the other day I was ramped up mm-hmm. so high, I was flying through the air and all I heard was a fee-fi-fo-fum. So that's how high I'm getting on this caffeine run. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AskRun and download the ZocDoc app to sign up today for free and book a top-rated doctor's. That's ZocDoc.com slash AskRana. Z-O-C-D-O-C. Rana, I had a question for you. I forget, Bob was a proctologist or a podiatrist? Yeah. I never remember you which You know what one. he was? He's a He was a none of your businessologist. That's what he was. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. It's too bad he's not on ZocDoc, but you know, no one can help He that. passed away, Brian. He's dead. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No. Okay. But if he was, right. if Bob was still with us, you can be sure, sure. he'd be on ZocDoc. That's right, Rana. Brian. Rana. I noticed your hair is looking thick and luxurious. Listen, it's not the only thing that it is, Rana, and I appreciate <laughs> that very much. My hair is become mane. And by that, I mean mm. it's thicker, fuller, healthier. 80 million men and women in the U.S. experience thinning hair, yet it's still not openly talked about, which Mm. is a shame. We should talk about it. We're going to right now. Normalize thinning hair. Correct, because it can be very stressful. It can be even scary. True. And the sort of stigma of it, and they're not talking about it, just adds to the problem. Yeah. I use Nutrafol. You want to know why, Rana? Because it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's proven to work, and it's formulated with potent botanicals to help your hair grow as strong as you are. And it's physician formulated to be 100% drug free. And does it work? Yes, Padme. Yes, it's natural. It uses botanicals. It deals with whole body health even. And on top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers and without chemicals, Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress response, skin, nails. A little thing I like to call Libido. What? Libido. Oh. 
Visit Nutrafol.com and take their hair wellness quiz for customized product recommendations that put the power to grow thicker, stronger hair back in your hands. When you subscribe, you'll receive monthly deliveries so you never have to miss a dose. Shipping's free. You can pause or cancel anytime. Does it work? Yeah, it does. In clinical studies, Nutrafol saw thicker, stronger hair growth with less shedding in three to six and months. And you've seen it yourself, haven't you? Of course I have. Yeah. Whether you're experiencing thinning or not, you deserve hair as strong as you are. Nutrafol can help you achieve your hair growth naturally. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going mm-hmm. to Nutrafol.com and using promo code Brian. With a Y. Thank you. To say $15 off your first month's subscription. Wow. This is the best offer available anywhere. And it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, Rana, free shipping on every order. Wow. So get $15 off. I use Nutrafol. That's why this is good. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, for hair as strong as you are. Fabulous. Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about FM. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Ah, did you hear that? I love that sound, Ron. I absolutely love that sound. That is the new Shopify cha-ching. Love it. Every time I hear that sound, I get so excited because not only do I know that I'm supporting entrepreneurs and Mm. all the fabulous small businesses that use Shopify. Totally. I know that I'm Mm going to, I am going to be communicated with in such a way that makes me so happy to be a customer. Yeah. That is truly what I love about Shopify. No kidding. They keep track of it every step of the way. Rana. And we're familiar with Shopify even beyond that. Pardon me. Yeah. We use Shopify for our coffee. We certainly do. So our customers absolutely know what it means to get a perfect customer service experience in terms of here's the minute you bought it. Here's the minute the package went out. Here's right. where it is, et cetera, et cetera. It's all there and it's so easy. Transactions are so much easier for the, from the consumer side when you're buying something on shop. I mean, I am always, I breathe a sigh of relief when I know I'm buying something on shop because all my information's already in there. It's so easy. Just a one-click pony. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. Okay, so upstarts, startups, established businesses, whatever, can sell everything from everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. That's why, as an entrepreneur myself, Brian. Sure, yes, you are, I know you can relate because you're also an entrepreneur. Well, I'm also one, so yeah. I can't recommend Shopify enough 
for your business. If you're thinking about getting your business online, getting everything organized, giving your customers an incredible start to finish customer service experience, seamless, I'm telling you, Shopify is 100% the service for you. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses, pardon me. I wish I had stock in that company. Come on. From first sale to full scale, as they like to say. Cute. And they do all kinds of integrations with apps, so you can shop through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, you name it. All the hits. They give you all the insights. I'm on uh, Shopify every minute checking out the coffee sales. I can see who bought. I can see where my favorite thing is you can see where in the country who's visiting your store. Oh, somebody in South Dakota is thinking about buying the coffee. Amazing. So go to shopify.com slash askrana. That's all lowercase for a free 14-day trial. Come and get on, full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. For instance, let's say Showstopper Cookies was looking to get on Shopify. Ah, This would babes. be the moment. Yep. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash askrana right now. Okay, wait a minute. Oh my God! Now the ghost. Oh of my Sigmund, good The ghost God, of Rana. Sigmund Freud is here to give us advice today. <laughs> That's what right. Do you think about that. He's good. he's come back to tell us what a disaster this podcast. You know what? Is. I'm going to tell you this is a, this is a tall order. <laughs> but when we're talking about Sigmund Freud and we're talking about his great great granddaughter, this is. I think it's like. Here's what I'm trying to say. I think he'd really be proud of her. And that's a tall <laughs> order. That's a tall order. I don't think he all the stuff noticed. she's done. I don't think he'd even notice. I don't think he noticed anyone beyond himself. That's my guess about I him. But I'd love agree. to know. I don't think he'd be proud of me. I've also spoken <laughs> out a lot about how much I dislike him and <laughs> that I think my family is cursed. Why? Because he was so sexist. He was so. Sexist. I thought you were going to say he- sexy. No, well, didn't so he blame? It, just... It's all the mother's fault, right? Wasn't isn't that one of the things? It was all the mother's fault. He also thought female masturbation was a sign of mental illness. He was well, just, it is. Well, it is. Yeah, he was just. I feel <laughs> a bad guy. Although, what is funny is I think he actually didn't have any talent. He was just writing about our family because we are the most like complex, messed up. Gen, like line of people so Wonderful. I can see where it all came from but I think yeah I mean he was just one of those men that like was great and then now we realize wasn't that great right so you I think can't... it's a chicken well he was groundbreaking I guess that is the thing he was, he was doing something and... no one else was doing yeah it's just I think it's interesting I have struggled a lot with mental illness and mental illness is a big part of my life and what I do and it's interesting like that way of looking at it which I think now feels so out of date I always think in a way he was more writing about the human condition than he was psychotherapy or psychology like I think think he was a good writer and I think he observed things well but I think some of the some of the actual psychology stuff wasn't necessarily that great now you so you think it's a chicken and an egg you look at your family tree and you say, oh, everyone thinks these cases are so fascinating. And you say, that's just the people we're related to. Yeah, I yeah. truly think that. It's like, no, this so is just- who was your actual most interesting relative, do you think? Well, that's a good question. Well, I mean, 
I always find it hard to talk about because my grandma, who is 94, is still alive. And she was married to Sigmund's grand grandson, who is my grandpa, who was a very bad man. Um, and and she, she's a listener of the podcast. Grandma. She's famously listening podcast. No, <laughs> yeah. she isn't. But um, she, I think she's actually probably the most fascinating. She is 94 and swims every day. She's got a boyfriend. She ah, uh, so far it's Rana. Sounds familiar. I was in. Um, we were. Oh God, sorry, my dog. Papa, come in. But we Rana's in, younger than ninety four. If, you, was, if I, no one's ever seen the show, yeah. <laughs> I did the whole of lockdown with my granddaughter, with my grandma, and um, oh, she told me on like month three that the only thing that was getting her through was her vibrator. Um, and oh, sounds fabulous. Every, every wow. day she'd come out and go, I know I should be grateful to be spending so much time with you, but I'm so bored. <laughs> like, <okay>. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's what, what do they say, Brian? She's keeping it real. She's keeping it real, Rana. That's right. Yeah. She's keeping yeah. it young and she's keeping Since it. Since I'm 93, I only just heard that expression last week. <laughs> you and her would definitely get on. No, but we have a lot now, of family secrets. A lot of secret children, a lot of secret yeah. relationships. It's it's a very now what about Lucian? How's he related? He was my grandpa's brother, but they never spoke. They were in a long time feud. So But did my, they live what three streets from each other or something? Yeah, they lived. They both lived yeah. in North London. They were in a family yeah. feud. They never spoke. And then my mom it became very close with Lucian's daughter, Esther, who is like my aunt. And so they became very close, but then their fathers were never allowed to speak and we never met him. I'm going to be honest with you, Scarlett. I, I would like to reverse positions because your work with feminism would probably have driven your great-great-grandfather crazy. It would have driven so, him mad. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So actually, he's probably deeply ashamed of you. Um, well, My favorite no, story I, is – oh, sorry. No, no. I want to hear your story. I just was going to say that sometimes, though, when someone presents a true challenge to another person, even if you don't agree with them, they're still your favorite. True. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah. What do, I do about this dog? Should I just get rid of her? She's I can't even tell. She's not bothering us. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, my favorite story is my mom went to the Sigmund Freud like museum in Vienna once. None of us know anything about him. Is another thing that's funny. Like I went when I went to university, everyone knew more about Sigmund Freud than I did. Um, but my mom went to the Sigmund Freud house, and they had this huge trunk that I guess he'd like brought over from. Austria or something in the war and um it had a number one on and it was like this big display with you know a write-up next to it and she took a picture and sent it to us because it was the the pair of the one that we use for our fancy dress box <laughs> that's just like chucked in the corner of our room um and held all our like you know Disney costumes. Is it weird for you that that Ron and I have both been in your great great grandfather's former former home? Have you been there? I've never been there. No, that's yeah. not weird at all. But I well, it's Charlotte weird and how I were, uninterested we are in him. <laughs> well, Skylar and I were communicating on uh, on the internet, and uh, I said to her, "I've Ron, that's how grandpa. people are doing that now. Yeah. I, this has been my understanding. Yeah. And I said that I've been to your great grandfather's apartment, and I thought it was a dump." 
Yeah, I mean, I know Ben, but I'm sure it's not a dump. My family. It's not a dump. I just, you know, just, you know, I just. Well, you know, I think no one's lived there for a while, and there's been a couple (laughs) of wars that passed, but I, uh, you know, it was all right. But there's a terrific guest house across the street. That's where guest house Reboon is, right across the street, which is uh, means pigeon or quail or something. Oh, right, you've talked, and they have terrific food over there. Uh, well, maybe I'll go there and like aggressively not go to the Sigmund Freud house. Yeah, throw it. Right. Just go there, then yeah. throw a rock through the yeah. window across the street. Yeah. Have you ever been to Vienna? No, my mom's only been once, but none of us have been. It's we really are like my grandpa told my mom that Sigmund invented the toilet, and we were all very ashamed of it, so we should never speak about him. So, like, it was a banned topic in my mom's house growing up. You couldn't. But by the way, they chased you out of there with everything they had. So why would you go back? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted. What was the story? His was his daughter arrested or something? Do you remember? Do you know this part? And that's why they left, or did they just leave because things were getting hot? Truly, no idea. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Sorry. No good for you. Are you kidding? I read it at the museum. They, uh, I believe the daughter was arrested or picked up by the police. Mm -hmm. And then everybody said, all right, we better scram. Mm -hmm. That was the canary in the mine shaft sort of thing. Yeah. I have th- I have a few things to I'm say. I'm so glad we've spent all this time talking to Scala well, about her least favorite topic. We haven't also no, talked about <laughs> we haven't talked about feminists don't wear pink and other lies. We haven't talked about that. No, we haven't. Thank we haven't you. talked about it's not okay to feel blue and other lies. We haven't talked about that. <laughs> and we haven't talked about girls can't shoot and other lies. By the way, every single one of these anthologies that you put together, award winning, beautiful, brilliant. Thank you. That is so nice. Did your first anthology win like a National Book Award or something? We won the National Book Award. Unbelievable. um, Which, yes, is an English award. Yeah, they're both, I mean, they were so fun to put together and it's been such a long journey. But I think, yeah, thank you for saying that. You're welcome. And you're developing (laughs) one of them, right? For You're adapting one of them? Feminist at My Pink, which is a feminist anthology um we're trying to adapt into a scripted show which is or we are adapting i'm just always so bad at talking about things that are totally self-prom- and yeah no. very English, and you can get all yeah, of these anthologies adapting. on amazon right you can get all these anthologies on amazon the first one's about feminism the second one's about mental health and mental illness um and yeah actually speak this is my one story that i did my mom said i had to tell you so i'm telling you but i um I made the second anthology because I have struggled a lot with my own mental health over the years. My stupid dog. Um, the dog I've, is not bothering us. Can, a bit, I can't even hear can't, it. And we can't oh, okay, hear great. her. What's her name? Betty. And well, she's Betty, so sweet. Yeah, she, the, well, Betty is a star. She wants to be on the show. She's well, can a star. You she wants to be heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's screaming. Yeah, your mental health is terrible. <laughs> um, get it together. Get it together. Pull yourself together. Um, no, I've struggled a lot with my mental health and recently I've started having these new forms of panic attacks where I, this sounds very serious, but it's actually completely fine. I basically hyperventilate and my body goes into paralysis and I can't move and my mouth gets like, my tongue gets paralyzed as well. So I can't speak and especially can't say my R's. And, um, one of these happened the other day and I was terrified of it because it feels like you're having like a heart attack or a stroke. Of course, yeah. So my, I begged my dad to call an ambulance. We call an ambulance. The ambulance arrives, takes one look at me and it's like, she's having a panic attack. She just needs to calm down. And I'm getting more and more and more stressed. And then my 
the ambulance is like, look, you need to just put something on or do something that will make her calm down. And so with my paralyzed mouth, I start screaming, ask Ronna. But I can't pronounce the R's. So it sounds like I'm just saying, ask Ronna. And it sounded insane. And my dad's like, what are you saying? What are you saying? Like, spell it out for me. Like, I need to know. And so they're all trying to figure out what I'm saying. Finally, one of the ambulance people's like, I think she's saying ask Ronna. I don't know what that means. My dad finally finds the podcast app. And then I've listened to so many episodes that I was like, scroll back, scroll back, scroll back. None of this is making any sense. None of these. None of these. There's only yeah. two that I yeah, like. And yeah. then um, he scrolled back and then me, my dad and people from the ambulance, the lovely paramedics, listened to Ask Runner until I calmed down and I was fine. Oh, Scarlett. That's so sweet. It's so I mean, I'm sorry that. you went through that. That's I awful. Know. I hate I to hear that, that, that you have to go through that. That oh, breaks my I mean, heart. Oh, did it fine. help, by the way, when the it ambulance helped. This is what I'm say- saying. No, it's my like, question is, did it help? Uh, because this always helps people who have anxiety. When the ambulance said she needs to calm down, did that no, help? I mean, it's the hardest thing in the whole world. <laughs> and also, they're like, she just needs to breathe. She just needs to breathe. And I'm doy. like, yeah, just I need. know yeah. I need to yeah. breathe. Yeah. If I could breathe, yeah. we wouldn't be having this problem. Yes, exactly. exactly. You just um, well, that's always my favorite. Whenever anyone says to relax when you're having an accident, right? It's like them all, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I relax. Mean, none of it, none of Does it, it seem it. like I'm relaxed? <laughs> Does it seem like I'm capable of relaxing right now? I know. But I that makes me so happy to hear that you that we are a calming influence in your life. I'll tell you another little thing. <gasps> Naomi Ekparrigan, who you'll know since I know you're a listener. Uh, Love Naomi. Brian, pardon me. She mm. thanked you on his special for Netflix. Did you know that we're in the credits because she listened to to our podcast when she was trying to calm down before she performed. No, but she should be thanking me. Well, she should be <laughs> thanking us. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. but she was thanking you. It no, but your- oh, well, you didn't like that I was included in the, <laughs> in yeah. the thing. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. She should be thanking me. Yeah. And I did. wouldn't I wouldn't have minded a little paragraph below about why she's thinking me. Well, your name was listed above mine and I didn't care for that. Not well. even not even a little, just to be clear. <laughs> I said let this be the last time he's listed before. She did me. say that. <laughs> now, the real reason we're having Scarlett on today is because this is a commercial for Vienna and Winter Coffee, is what this whole Scarlett Curtis is obsessed with our coffee. I'm obsessed with all the coffees. I am actually drinking shades of vanilla, but I barely got any left of Vienna in winter. I need to order some more. It truly is. Can I just, I'm going to do a plug for you. It's the best coffee. You need to buy it. It's truly sensational. It's got flavor without being a flavored coffee, which I know is what you always say. Thank you very much. You also need to join the Patreon because I would say (laughs) this show, the one you're listening to now is just the tip of the iceberg. This is like a trailer for the Patreon. If you're not on the Patreon, oh, God bless you. I have been in the carriage house for months and I've never made a better decision in my life. You're a dream. <laughs> there you go. You are so I adorable. Now. I can't stand it. I also just want to say for someone who suffers, you know, from mental illness, like <laughs> like you were saying, I, I am completely impressed that you also write about it. And that what a way to get on top well, of it. Well, that you're so high-functioning. Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> someone's so crazy. You do so many things. No, no oh, God, no. I didn't <laughs> mean it like no, that. I, joking, I, I just meant like you're on top of it. And No, and no, no, no. I completely, and I think I was very ashamed of it for a very long time. And then the thing that has helped me as much as anything else has been just being open about it. Because yeah. I think it's this evil cycle where 
it mm-hmm. becomes such a big part of your life but then it becomes this thing that you're so ashamed of and you cut everyone out and the only way I was like able to break that cycle was to start talking about it and it has helped me a lot I, I can only imagine I hope people really hear that what you just said because I think that is so true which is of, I mean of course which is that you just start burying and burying and hopefully what we do here is just a little bit of saying there's nothing there's yeah. nothing wrong with this question there's nothing wrong with how you're feeling yeah and also there's a the right thing, way to deal with it we're going to tell you what it is that's what we do here we give the advice thing I always say is like you, you can't control you're not the alone you can't control the mental illness like how whatever it happens it happens yeah the only thing you can control is the shame like that is actually within your control and that's I think often the thing that like compounds these problems and makes them so, so bad is that yeah you're living with this shame and you're not asking for help and you're not telling anyone and then you know I, I had this weird thing where I truly thought I was the only person in the world who'd ever had depression and then as soon as I started talking about it everyone in my life was like oh my god me too I've never told anyone you know I've struggled with this for years and you suddenly realize the with the weird people and people who don't struggle with anything. Yeah. And especially when you're young, it's so insidious. You know, the feeling of shame about I'm supposed to be young. I'm not supposed to have nothing to worry about. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to want to be in love. I'm supposed to want to be this, want to be that. And you'd absolutely, it's the most lonely, isolating feeling. And it's true. The only way through it is to bring it out into the open. And it's sort of like a, like a, vampire kind of disappears in the daylight sort of thing. Exactly. Uh, but it is ha- very hard to take that step. And it takes a lot. You have to be very brave, truly, oh. to well, step forward and say, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. I think it got to a point also where like, it, I, I, you know, when it, I was younger and it was much worse, it was my whole life. So it was like, I'm going to have nothing else to talk about if I don't start talking about this. Yeah. Right, right. It's it's literally the only thing I've been up to. So I need to start making some funny anecdotes out of it or I'm going to be incredibly boring. How much maintenance does the hair take? The hair is perfect. The hair takes, the hair is a full-time job. The hair is a social experiment I think I have now given up on. I go in and I say, make it a color. I don't know. I don't mind what color This is a good one. This is a good one. This one, yeah. actually, I asked for pink and it ended up orange. So I'm happy with it. But it's like a mood ring. My hair's like a mood ring. I love it. It changes color every time I wash it and it's falling out. Is it a rinse though? So is it actually blonde <laughs> underneath and then they rinse the color through? No, I have dark, dark hair. But don't they, they have to but do they it. have to lift it before they add mm-hmm. the color to it? So it's like a five hour process. Really? Um, <laughs> they have to bleach it and then add color and then the color changes every time you wash it or every time it rains or every time so I you're not swim. glossing it at home when you swim no. for sure yeah no i kind of like that it's like different every day yeah fabulous fun. You, you are just such a little nugget i can't stand it. <laughs> All right. Now we have some people that have written in that are desperate. Scar- uh, Scarlet, is, you know how this show works. The, the people they're wet they, with desperation, these people. <laughs> I have to say, you guys look down on the people that write in, but I have been so close to writing in so many times. So I am with the writers in. The well, how do we write? We don't look down on them, but we need them. But I mean, yeah, you but know, they are desperate. But they are. That's, this yeah. is the end of the road. 
And here we are waiting to, waiting to greet them. That's right. Uh, Brian Dia, would you like to read this first question? Of course I would. Dear Rana, Brian, an unbelievably impressive guest, Scarlett Curtis. <laughs> they got that right. They sure did. My friends and I have booked a little house in Costa Rica on Verbo for spring break. One of the girls in the group is turning 50 later Verbo. in the year. That's what people say now. Did you know that? Who says Verbo? Everybody. That's how they market themselves now. V-I-B-O? Now they say Verbo. What does that mean? <laughs> Vacation, Vacation rental, rental by, by owner. owner. It's a competitor to Airbnb. What? Yeah. Okay. They, they call themselves Verbo. Well, that's it's too late. Okay? They've been You're around right. too long to start. This is like Facebook and Meta. Yeah. I'm not going to stack calling it I've meta. always called it meta. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Go back. One of the, okay. My friends and I booked a little house in Costa Rica on Verbo, VRBO, for spring break. One of the girls in the group is turning 50 later in the year. Oh, could anyone, beat it? could anyone be that old? <laughs> so she got to decide where we were going, that we were going to spoil her and revolve the trip around her. Okay. She even wanted shirts made that said, Becky's 50th birthday getaway. What fun. I mean, I hope they not, have an I hope they have an extra. That's not even a clever <laughs> thing to put on a shirt. Just like we went to Costa Rica for Becky's birthday. Put that yeah, on a we, shirt. Well, we, we stayed just... in we stayed in a verbo. Exactly. Yes. On the front. <laughs> exactly. My 38th birthday is during the actual trip, and she's asked me to wait until I get home to celebrate. So it can be about I love her. So it can be about her 50th the whole time. This is just how she is. So we all just rolled our eyes and agreed to it since we all have a great time no matter what, and she'll be happy. Now hmm. she and her best friend Kathy, who is also coming, have had a huge falling out. They are not on speaking terms, and Becky will not respond to Kathy's questions about the trip as it gets closer. Kathy managed to get the booking number and get everything changed to her name, and she has ousted Becky from the trip altogether. <gasps> the problem is that she isn't telling Becky she's been uninvited to her own trip, and she doesn't plan to. Wow, Kathy's real name is Brian, I think. The whole thing <laughs> makes me feel horrible. <laughs> Kathy is making Jenny's 38th birthday getaway shirts. Jenny's the person who's writing in. And I really don't want oh, her to. Oh, they're pinning it on Jenny now. You bet they are. But once her mind is set, set on something, she won't let it go. I don't have a petty bone in my body, so I feel stuck in the <laughs> middle of their fight, and I don't know what to do. I'm not very close to Becky, and Kathy is kind of the central person in this friend group. It would feel like I was betraying Kathy if I reached out to Becky to let her know, but I also feel like it's the right thing to do. By the wow. way, they're both in the wrong in this fight. Neither of them are handling it with any maturity or dignity. And I feel like we've reverted to high school drama. We're all stuck in the middle of it with them. What should I do? I would ask for your, quote, sage wisdom, Rana. Uh, but you are far me. too young and beautiful for that word. Thank you so much for reading my novel, Jenny in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Now, this is Housewives. We were just talking before we started recording that Scarlett's this is, a huge Housewives fan. This, this is a Housewives is, episode that they describe it. I'm so obsessed with this. I'm not, it, this is Housewives. <laughs> I also love any kind of girl gossipy bitchy drama. Oh it's truly what I love for. I hope the producers of Housewives are listening because this is your next trip. The is first this, thing that we need to thing. do is get a camera crew. That's the very Absolutely. first thing that needs Absolutely. to happen is get a camera crew on this. This is so much better than the 
mashup show they did for Peacock. Totally. They should have just filmed this. Totally. Scarlett, what do you think? I'm not sure because part What's of the me question did, exactly? What do I do? Does Jenny tell me one of those? Yeah, do I reach out? I mean, I think the sensible thing to do would be to write to both of them, write to the one that's taken over the trip and say, I can't handle this. You're being silly. I'm writing to Becky and then write to Becky and tell her what's happening. But part of me also thinks let it happen what? and watch because it sounds so fun. <laughs> well, the. I definitely would like to watch this happen, but the only problem is that Kathy has co-opted Jenny with the T-shirt. First of all, you can't send the email that Skylar suggested because Kathy will show up to your house and absolutely throw Um, a a brick through your window or smash a glass in your face. Kathy is totally unstable and aggressive. What's so brilliant is at first Becky seemed completely unreasonable that we they couldn't yeah. even celebrate Jenny's birthday on the trip. <laughs> and Kathy comes from behind and wins yeah. the race. Total bond burner. Yeah. No the question. Person in this. Does Becky still, I have so many follow-ups. Does Becky still think she's going on the trip? And yeah, Becky doesn't know. She Becky doesn't that, know yet. Oh my God, I forgot all about that part. Yeah. That Becky doesn't know her birthday Well, I think that's the canceled. ultimate, that's Kathy's ultimate move. Is Becky, Kathy wants Becky to show up at the airport with no pants on. That is in her nightmare. That is what she wants her. Imagine the nightmare. You think you're going to Costa Rica for your 50th. You've been talking to everyone about it. She wants her to show. This is Carrie. That's what this is. This is pig's blood at the dance. That's what Kathy is gunning for right now. I have She she wants to humiliate Becky. Correct. All of this is happening presumably on group chats and emails and texts. And there is a chance, because I've had this experience with girls and women before, that they are very aggressive on the group chat and wouldn't be so in real life. And I wonder if there is a chance if when Becky shows up, Kathy loses her nerve and just lets everything be normal. But there isn't a room for Becky anymore. Kathy has canceled her room and her plane ticket and her reservation. Kathy canceled. Okay. The for Be- I got I, I, I have nothing. I, I want to meet Kathy. I want to have dinner with Kathy and yeah. find out what else she's got cooking. Yeah, this no, isn't ain't- her. This isn't her only game. She's playing. She's got four or five of these going on in her life. I, oh, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. Andy Cohen, call Kathy. Yeah, I, Andy, who's a you know says he's a Rana fan. He with, is a with, Rana fan. We're throwing you a bone here, Andy. I have to tell you, Jenny. What, what would doing? I? fucking do well, i think what are you I, doing anyway who are these people i think i would just say i i don't know because it sounds like no jenny, me neither it sounds like jenny doesn't know becky anything that doesn't sound like they're really close i would not i don't think i would feel comfortable going on this trip I, uh god it was, damn it i don't becky know what i would do planned the trip okay let's just oh, no, didn't kathy plan the trip for no becky, becky okay wait but, i do have one thing jenny i think doesn't have much power here, but I do think Jenny can say, Kathy, I'm not part of this. You're, you know, do what you want. I don't I'm know really uncomfortable. Anything, but you cannot make this my birthday trip because yes. as that's when Jenny gets pulled into it. And that's when Jenny becomes part of the madness. If the t-shirts are made, if it's framed as we switched Becky's birthday trip for Jenny's birthday trip. So I think Jenny has to say to Kathy, 
I'm staying out of this. You're both absolutely insane, but you can't make the t-shirts. You can't frame it as my That's birthday trip. Yes, it's terrific advice. There's only one problem. Jenny left something out of the letter. What'd she leave out? That she complained about the fifth Becky 50th thing. She didn't say, oh, that's fine. Okay, I'm a doormat. She said to Kathy, can you believe it? It's my birthday too. And she's not going to let me celebrate my birthday too. Oh, I see. And Kathy saw the opening there. And Kathy said, we're going to make the trip about your birthday. How dare she? Oh, she thinks everyone's going to just celebrate her 50th. Well, we're going to make it your 38th. And I'm getting t-shirts made. And Jenny went, ay, 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 ay. Yeah, I do think that Jenny, I think Jenny should say to Kathy, as you were saying, Scarlett, this is I'm getting really, out of hand. I'm now. really uncomfortable with this being yeah. my trip. Yeah. Yeah. So please don't bring me into this. Your shit with Kathy is your shit with Kathy. Handle it how yeah. you want, but, or your shit with Becky, but don't, yeah, but don't drag me into this. I just also, think the, t- the cool. t-shirts, I think, are the nub of this problem. It's a, the t-shirts are very symbolic to these people. And I think you just can't make the, t-shirts for jenny also that please don't wear happen. these t- please don't wear a 38th birthday t-shirt in costa please rica i'm do. begging you <laughs> i mean can you believe we have a fan that even has this dilemma no it's shocking what does that say about us that we have a t-shirt making person in our audience also what does it say about their friend group that there can't be one inside joke on that thing <laughs> it's just I have like to say, i've made one <laughs> party related t-shirt in my life which is the thing i'm proud was sort of more proud of than my books i it <laughs> took me a long time to graduate because of previously mentioned mental illness and work i was working while i was at university but when i did finally graduate i made a levers jumper that just only had my name on a hundred that times <laughs> that's terrific that's yeah. pretty great did it say it was your 21st birthday no, it said like graduated 2020, but it was just my name a hundred times. I that's think wonderful. That's fabulous. That's see, that's cute. You should sell those. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> they sound cute. I think I've still got one. I didn't think I don't think my family was that interested in them. <laughs> Did Betty get one? Betty didn't get one. No. That's Betty's why she's that's what daughter. she's complaining about. That you want to know yeah, you want to know the best part about all this? Kathy and Becky will be back and better than ever in six months. Yeah. This is that. This is what they do. Yeah, and guess who's going to be on the outside? Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. By the way, you're the, you're going to lose Jenny's in all of this no matter what. Yep. No kidding. Yeah. Kathy's setting you up. I think you have to say to Kathy, uh, and if what I said is true, that you did complain and da-da-da, I think you can say, look, I know I was, you know, moaning about Becky and I was unhappy about this and that, but this feels like it's gotten a little out of hand to me. Yeah. And I absolutely, and by the way, when I said a t-shirt making person, I meant, you know, this birthday t-shirt situation. Yeah. Uh, Cause a clever t-shirt. Cle- I'll never forget the people that came to a show wearing a Shana Putnam t-shirt. They had all had t-shirts <laughs> made and they came to a show. Well, cause that's an inside joke. Yeah. So funny. That's so like fa- someone thinking a fan who knows the show would do. But I think you have to say, look, this feels like it's getting a little too hot. And yeah. I understand that you two have a disagreement. I don't want to get in the middle of it. I'm not taking sides or I'm taking your side or whatever. If you do take a side, that's fine. I think you were right. She was wrong. I would probably not get into that at all. It sounds like no one's be- no one's behaving well here. But the idea that she thinks the strip is happening and isn't, it's honestly just cruel. 
It is. It is cruel cool. because she is turning fifty. I mean, fifty yeah. is something people do. That is a Want to celebrate? It's not. It's not thirty-eight. What if so, she was doing nothing and she just planned yeah. a whole work vacation around this week in Costa Rica that she doesn't get to go on anyway? Yeah. Do you think Jenny should tell Becky? I do, but I think she should tell Kathy she's going to tell her. And I think yeah. she should say, either you can tell her or I'm going to tell her. But this is, I understand that you pissed at her and this and that, but this is borderline cruel. And honestly, it's just yeah. out of hand. By the and way, Becky also, now, Jenny later. I mean, Kathy isn't just, this isn't. Oh, but Kathy's going to eat Jenny alive. I just no want kidding. Jenny to she know that. Will. She yeah. Will. So but be prepared for the cruel. fallout with Kathy because Kathy is an us or them person. Mm-hmm. You're either on Kathy's side or you're on no one. And it's practically psychotic Kathy. to do this this way to Becky. It is absolutely insane to Especially not tell someone you're canceling their trip. COVID affects travel. She's going to have to get a test. She's going to have yeah. to, you know, all of it's not like it's you can crazy. just jump on a plane anymore. Yeah. I want to know, they didn't include this. Do they all have to pay more for the Verbo now that Kathy's yeah, exactly. not coming? Yep. Oh, do you think you think Becky was going to pay for any part of that Verbo? Part of the deal was that they're paying <laughs> oh, they for was, it. They were fading. Oh, no doubt about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. What an absolute. On the other oh, hand, I call Andy Cohen. So just email Andy yeah. Cohen at, at Bravo Andy. That's right. Say so I've got some hot something hot for you if you want to do Real Housewives of Geneva, like Geneva, Wisconsin. <laughs> and Jenny, I am begging you on my knees to please write us back and tell us how it goes with Kathy. Oh, no question. Please. We need to know everything. Yeah. But Jenny's gonna have to work up a little nerve here because she's she's afraid of Kathy. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. I think yeah. she's afraid of both of them. But you can just say, I don't want to be I don't want to be part of this. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm part of a plan I didn't agree to. Mm-hmm. So respectfully begging yeah. off personally, I'd probably not go on the trip, but anyway, yeah, yeah. that means the friend group is going to shatter and it's all going to be over. And I mean, it's going to be a messy, messy situation. Yeah. And they're going to spend the whole trip talking about Becky. Can you believe she's not here? <laughs> she would have loved to get mopeds. So what, yeah. you know, maybe you could just Kathy's- say, Kathy, I'm not going on this trip unless you straighten something out with Becky. I'm not saying you have to be friends with her, but she needs to know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wait. Send us your follow up tomorrow, dear, because no I'm kidding. sure there's going to be one immediately. No kidding. Hi, Ron and Brian. I'm keeping this anonymous because although I live, uh, although the town I live in is not small, it still has a very rural feel. Wherein you never know who knows who you know. You never know who knows who you know. Anyway, okay. I mean, yeah. I am a 30-year-old <laughs> liberal female <laughs> living with close friends of mine in my hometown. These friends are in their 40s and have three sons. These friends are white Christians, and though they did not support or even like Trump, they have done nothing to curtail the influence of one of their fathers who has turned the two oldest boys into Trump supporters. Moreover, The parents, my friends, hold conservative views when it comes to trans individuals, abortion, the LGBTQ community, and race, etc. All things that are not their business, nor do they affect their lives. That's the best part. Correct. So the boys have been fed the exact opposite of everything I believe. And to it, add to it, I don't know what's going on with me today. Add to it that now middle schoolers and middle schoolers are obnoxiously outspoken. True. 
Now, let me add that I just recently moved back to my hometown. These friends are graciously allowing me to live in their basement apartment while I get my debt under control. I paid for my grad school completely with loans and also never learned financial responsibility, so my credit cards are a mess. I'm so grateful to them, but honestly, their middle son is just rude. He's unhappy at school and feels inadequate compared to his older brother. So the social work graduate in me knows where this is coming from, but he targets myself me and makes jokes about minority groups in his unhappiness. Okay. For example, he asked me the other evening, quote, do you support the LGBTQ community? I said, yes. And I have a number of gay friends whom I care for deeply. So if you're about to say anything, do not. He forged on. Do you know why an LGBTQ person is dumb? Because they can't think straight. It was (laughs) like a knock, knock joke. Totally. I responded, that is absolutely not funny, and left the room. His parents were not around. However, he has made remarks about how I'm not paying rent. He's 10, by the way, around his parents, and they got on him and made him apologize. But he honestly didn't care and thus still makes remarks. I don't care about the latter. I'm an adult. He doesn't understand the situation, and I know middle schoolers are assholes. His bigotry, however, is unacceptable. Unfortunately, though, I'm in a tough spot because I know that anything I say will not be backed up by his parents or peers, and he'll keep getting unacceptable messaging from church and the aforementioned grandfather. Of course, with all things like this, I thought of things to say after the fact, that jokes like like that lead to the abuse and murder of individuals that those so vehemently against gay individuals are usually gay themselves, and next time I will definitely say more. But again, all other individuals in his life will just keep pouring the opposite view into him. I blew my savings in a few emergencies over the past 10 months or so, and I really can't afford to move out right now. I have a job, but do not currently make great money. And this situation is really helping me out. What would you do? Talk to the parents. They don't agree in terms of beliefs, but it may be worth a discussion regarding his rudeness or just deal until I move out. I've known this family over a decade and they're very dear to me. So I have to tread lightly. Thanks. Love you guys. A liberal tired of the South. I feel first of all, that, that all this kid wants you to do is react and be offended. So any of the things you said you wanted to say later, like this leads to the murder, the abuse is not going to work. Like the only thing I could maybe could work is just to be like, that wasn't even funny. That was just like really stupid. And you sound stupid saying it. Like, I mean, that that might work. On his too. level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you're just like, it's just like, oh, don't you, I wouldn't say that joke to your friends because it's like actually stupid or like it's not funny and it's dumb. But exactly. Getting down on his level, I guess. But um, his parents know he's an asshole. And if they're not doing anything about it, this is just my opinion. I don't really know what you can do about it. You're not going to get through to this kid. It sounds like he probably gets joy watching you be offended by these things. Um, now, and Scarlett, you have I, yeah, a couple I, of I, younger brothers. Is that right? I would slightly disagree because good, good. I think I've got three younger brothers, um, all of whom, two of them are still teenagers. One of them isn't, but uh, I still live with them because I've moved back with my parents too. Um, and teenage boys and young boys are a specific breed of human. And I think actually you have an incredible opportunity here because I think this boy 
doesn't have many friends, which you've said, mm. feels a bit left out in his family, feels like maybe he's not as cool as his older brother. And I think secretly he is doing this to you to try and provoke you and engage with you. Like I think mm-hmm. if if a boy doesn't want to, if a boy is if a little boy isn't interested in you, they're just not going to talk to you. They're going to ignore you. When you talk to them, they're going to say yes, no. The way that young boys communicate is through being mean. Like my brothers are meaner to me than anyone in the entire world. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it's reciprocal. Like I'm really mean back to them, and that's our friendship. And it's funny, and they are the funniest people in the world as well. And they think, I mean, they think my mental illness is hilarious, and they refer to me as their crazy sister locked in her bedroom crying. Um, and. <laughs> I they sound wonderful. They no, do. But, they seem very sensitive. <laughs> no, in a weird way, with young boys, that is their way of showing love. Sure. And I think this boy and wants it's to an engage honest with you. Interaction. In and I way. think he's actually. My prediction would be he's secretly interested in finding out more about the things you believe in and the things you're interested in. And the only way he knows to start that conversation is through a stupid joke. And I think if you can start giving it back to him he'll respect you and think it's funny and then I think you can maybe start building up a bit of a relationship with him and then I think you might this might be wishful thinking but I think he's 10 you might genuinely have a chance to change this boy's views or affect something I mean the you know he's at a very impressionable age you're not talking about the dad of the family you're talking about a little kid who's only picked up these views because he's heard this stupid joke or heard his parents talk about it. And I think if you can find something to relate to him on, whether it's a TV show or, you know, something he's interested in, there might genuinely be a way in. I do think he's at an impressionable age. Absolutely. And I do think I think everything you're saying is accurate. The only other piece I think that's going on here, which still supports your approach, is he's genuinely being a bully and he is choosing he's choosing easy targets, uh, at least in his family and his surroundings, what he's heard people talk down on before. This these are easy targets disenfranchised communities mm-hmm. or however you want to put it for the way that he sees it from his tiny little 10 year old eyes mm-hmm. is he feels he is feeling a lack of power and control. I was going to say life. there's like a powerlessness yeah. about him. Yeah. And so this is the thing that he knows if he was funny, he would make a joke and he would, he would understand this is how I can get attention. People mm. will laugh if I'm funny, if I do this stupid dance or I do, I mean, and the other thing is boys are such simple machines for the most part. They yeah. are just, they just haven't, they wake up when they wake up and sometimes when it's the they're 12 and sometimes they're 30 and it just, they just a total dodo birds mm. just looking for a sandwich and a hug. And he is at that weird age where he's still, very much craves love and attention. And he's not quite a teenager yet, but he's sort of looking up to this brother. And so I actually feel a little bad for him, even though I know you're the one who's bearing the brunt of this awful behavior. But I think he thinks that this is how he's going to get positive feedback from his parents or his brother or his grandparents, whatever it is. And 
It is true, though, that you're actually the only one who's really paying attention to him. And so he's trying to get a rise out of you because when he provokes you, you respond. No one else is responding to this guy. And I do think uh, one approach is to give it back to him a little bit if you're capable of that. And the other is to totally sort of just dismantle whatever it is that he's saying. Where instead of saying, you know, these are people that I love and you don't understand philosophy, you know, that making it political or something like that, you sort of say, sort of as Brian was saying also, you sort of say, that's really, that's really dumb. Mm. Well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, do you believe that two people are allowed to love each other and have a, I mean, do you think, do you believe in love? Yeah, I believe in love. What are you dumb? No, I'm just asking because people, I mean, you love the dog. Do I make jokes about you having sex with the dog or what? I mean, you know, whatever. It is. <laughs> I'm not quite that. I wouldn't say that to a 10 year old, but I just mean that you sort of dismantled this idea of people just love who they love. And what do you care? What does this have to do yeah. with you? Why does this bother you? I also think often the way boys do have simple, little boys do have simple brains. And I think often the way they know how to start a conversation is through an insult or something Poking. to provoke you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. my, you know, I, my brothers know I'm a feminist and they'll come in and say things like female sport is worse because women are naturally less strong. And they're saying that because they want of course. to talk about it. And then right. I'll say, well, yeah, but also there's the whole thing of money not being put into female sport. And like, don't you think if, you know, these shit, blah, blah. And then by the end of the five minute conversation, they'll have changed their mind, but they sort of say the bad thing so that they can then have a conversation about it. Yes, I think they, is often the way they operate. Mm-hmm. They present a strong view and then they wait for the reaction to it. Yeah. It's not like he's thought through any of these views. It's not like he's read any books about them. Like he just wants to kind of talk about it. And I and think- he wants attention. That's really the, yeah. the, what's really going on here. Is that no one do, is con- no one thinks he he can feel that he's not valued in the same way that the yeah. other brother is, and he's looking for some way to have value. Or, or he might be a little too old for this, but you could do what my family would do: put him in a diaper. Well, duh. But also say, go ahead, keep it up. Will you, will you get in the car with me? I want to take you somewhere. And when they say, where are you going? You say, I'm taking you to Miss Hannigan's house. That's what my family used to say to me. Miss Hannigan, Hannigan is- Miss Hannigan from Annie? Yes, exactly. Oh they God. would say, they would say you were going to- So you could do that. <laughs> you could also threaten him with that. Show him Annie and then threaten him with Miss Hannigan. <laughs> and then say, show him Annie and then say, I'm telling all your friends at school you watched Annie. So set him up. Yeah. And the other thing you could do is- Killing. What about what about him saying to her, I know you're not you don't have any money and you're not paying rent? That is genuinely disrespectful. I mean, give it back to him. Say you're not paying rent either. Not, yeah. Yeah. And you contribute less because your jokes are terrible. Right. I genuinely uh, that's think that's what I mean. Start, yeah. You can like that you have to unfortunately, you're living with young boys, you have to get on their level. Mm. And if anyone heard me say the things I say to my little brothers, they'd be like, who are you? What's happened? Right, sure. But it's a language and it's the only way you can yes. communicate. You have to, he's not going to be offended. He's not going to be hurt. Like he, you have to resort to their level if you want to engage. You can't just leave the, you know, you can't just make an adult point. 
That's right. Yes. That's excellent. It is a language. That is such yeah. a good point. Yeah. They speak this other this other language. Jordan be was always to so wonderful and so uh, such an emotional, wonderful, emotionally intelligent child. So I never really had this trouble. You know? I'll never forget. This is a different story, but my niece we're was taking about, you to Miss Hannigan's. We're taking you to so Miss I, I used to hear it all the time. We would cry. When my niece was three years old, I'll never forget. My mom was sitting next to her. She didn't know I was, they didn't know I was like watching them or whatever, but my mom was sitting next to her. She goes, do you want me to read you this book? And my niece goes, no. And my mom stood up and she looked at her like she was an adult. And she goes, I'm not going to sit here and be talked to like that. And then she walked to the other room and it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I love that. So it was pretty much. great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also think. Yeah, I mean, the other like grown you up. To, you also you need can, a plan. You need you to can move protect out of yourself house. and try and avoid them as much as possible and stay living there, but not, you know, be around. Yeah, just be like every time he says something, just say every time you say something, you have to look at my butthole and yeah. bend over and show yeah. him your butthole. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> <laughs> they're also boys also react very well to bribes. Like you could do something like. Every time you say something positive about the LGBTQ community, I'll give you a chocolate bar. Great. I they, love that. Like, he'll do it. They yeah. respond very well to the simplest of bribery. Bribes. Yeah. yeah. Keep some sweets in your pocket and, you know, bribe him. That's not a bad idea. All right, Brian, you're going to read this one. Oh, and it's got a U in it. So it came from the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dear Rana Brian and most honorable guest, honorable. I wouldn't have accepted it any other way. With a you. Here we are. The Honorable Scarlett Curtis. (laughs) I discovered this podcast in early pandemic days. Council. That's right. And I can't even. Yeah. uh, LGBT. And I can't even tell you what comfort you've brought to me. I live four hours away from my parents. And now that COVID is lightening up, my family, husband and two young kids, went to visit after almost a year. My mom has never been a great housekeeper. At a glance, the house looks okay, but you can tell nothing has had a deep clean. By the way, Rana is like has, getting a rash right now. Just yeah. I'm I'm fully in hives. I know. Yeah, dust since, bunnies. That's all I can yeah. say. It's dust bunnies. Since I've moved away to university and started my own adult life, she did go through a phase of having a professional cleaning service. This was such a great time as I could come in from out of town with my boyfriend, fiance, husband, and know, I hope all three, and know that we'd walk into a comfortable, <laughs> clean house. Lucky you. <laughs> I know. Five years ago, her cleaning woman retired, and now every time I go home, I notice how dirty the house is. It's a combination of poor housekeeping and my mom's physical limitations limitations and age that is accelerating the house's deterioration. I'm embarrassed to have my husband there, but we've been together so long, he knows the deal and is a good sport. Now that we have kids, however, it's starting to become more of an issue. The last visit really pushed me over the edge. My daughter's socks were black from the floor, Ooh. and everything she picked uh. up was so dusty, I had to quickly swipe it away from her. Look. My sister and I oh. have brought up getting oh. cleaners. I got to take a break. Yeah, this is bad. Oh. Okay. And it's usually met with hostility. (laughs) My mom insists she's constantly cleaning the house. She's easily offended and sees the comments as a personal attack. Sometimes she'll say she wants a cleaning lady but will bring up weird obstacles. I know someone who'll do it, but she's busy. My friend had someone clean for her, but she stole from her, so I'm scared. The list goes on. I'm scared. 
My friends are retired but are comfortable, so I can't imagine the cost would be so limiting. This is the house I grew up. My parents are retired and comfortable, mm-hmm. so I can't imagine the cost would be so limiting. This is the house I grew up in. It makes me sad I can't enjoy my time there with my family. I am to the point of thinking there's something pathological. I don't know how two seemingly successful Norman, normal people can live in such a state. My mom is from Japan. I was raised in Canada. There's a major cultural component that tells me I can't disrespect my parents by saying their house is filthy, mm. but I have to put down my own, I have to put my own family's comfort and health first. We otherwise have a good relationship, but the old world respect your elders mantra is very much observed. My mom is hosting my sister's bridal shower in a month, and my sister has decided that if my mom doesn't get cleaner, she's switching locations to a restaurant. It's inspired okay. me to consider staying in a hotel if things don't change, even though this will offend my parents. My mom does not have good control over her emotions and can be very cruel when she's upset. Is there a way I can talk about this without coming across as insulting? I want my kids to visit my parents, but is it time to put my foot down? The ultimate question is, is it worth trying to get my 70-year-old parents to clean up their home, or am I just inviting an unnecessary fight? Is it possible to discuss this without hurting their feelings? Do we stay in an Airbnb and lie about the reason? I can't wait to hear what you guys think in advance. But I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Thanks in advance, Kamiko. Hmm. Here's what I would do. Yeah. And I think maybe it'll come across as cruel and unfeeling. There is a family member's house that I have been to that when before I stay there, I call them and say, hey, I hired a cleaning service for this date. They're coming over before I get there. They're offended for five minutes and then they're over it because they're thrilled that their house is clean. I don't necessarily know that you could spring it on your parents like that, but I do think you could say, for us to stay there, we want to get a cleaning person before we go in. I think that's okay. Scout's going to have a very I, different opinion of this because she's English. I'm being pretty and insensitive. She has been in some dusty places. I've been in some very dusty places. One thing yeah. I'd say is your kids will be okay. Like, it, I, I think part of this is That's you very interesting. Yeah. getting your head around it and part of it is actually fixing the problem. Like, I am an insanely clean person. Um, I need everything to be very shiny and ordered. And I, in order to survive with my family who have two dogs, five cats, three teenage boys, my parents are incredibly messy. I have had to say, I'm not responsible for the mess in their parts of the house. I'm just responsible for my room. And if my room's clean, I can accept that the rest of the house yeah. is got, you know, cat poo and everything all over it. Um, and I grew up in very messy places and I think your kids will be fine. I think we do often panic about you know if anything it's just going to help their immune systems and they'll be a bit stronger but I would also say something I like to do is frame it as because I think often people can be very uncomfortable with asking for help and getting help like we talked about this before but I think you can frame it as if they're helping someone else so what I would do is say I met this lovely woman she's a cleaning woman she's desperate for work she has like been laid off because of COVID. It's, she really needs a job. I said, oh, I might know some people who could hire you for a few shifts a week. Would you mind hiring her as a favor to me? And then your mom will think she's doing something great. The house will be clean and you can get someone in. That's what That's I would do. That's interesting. Yeah, I know someone who's desperate for work. Could you please yeah. hire them to clean your house? That's interesting. Yeah. 
I think that's a lovely approach. I have mm-hmm. to say, I mean, I think, I think what you're saying at the heart of this problem, there is a mental health issue on your mother's part mm-hmm. and maybe it's aging, maybe it's dementia, maybe it's age related depression, you know, what a uselessness and a, a bit of a, eh, I could, but I can't. And whatever this thing is, somebody's coming, somebody's coming, somebody's not coming anymore. You know, that she knows that she needs to deal with this, but there's a certain procrastination Mm -hmm. associated with this issue and that it doesn't seem to be financial. It's about something else. And so the getting help of it, well, as you were saying, instead of asking for help, reframing it as you can help someone else. I think that's a lovely idea. Mm-hmm. I love that. If you really want to get the house clean, I love that. If you're worried about their health and their surroundings, et cetera, et cetera, I love that. Or I want to gift you this thing instead of getting somebody over mm-hmm. there to clean it up or, you know, whatever. Well, because that's attitude. another thing you could say. Like, this is what I've done with this family member. It's been like, I already spent the money. So could you please just do it? Because um, I don't so, know. Sometimes when you talk about money with like, Older they won't people, accept they're like, the oh shit, oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. you already yes. spent it? All right, then we'll do it, then we'll do yes. it. Yeah. So I love that as the solution to the, to the dirty problem. But the bigger issue here is about your relationship with your parents, how you view your parents, how you, mm-hmm. how you view this decline that they're clearly experiencing and why it gets under your skin. Of course, anyone can understand it would get under your skin that the house you grew up in is filthy and as Scarlett saying, she, you know, walks out the door greeted by 10 cats and possibly a few other things, but you say that's outside my door. So yeah. that's everyone's domain. It's not my domain. And in, in, in sort of theoretically speaking, your room is the same as this woman's life outside of her parents' yeah. house. And look, some people, I think if you're a clean person, this seems like severe mental illness some people just genuinely don't mind like this is something I've really had to accept in my adult life which is like this would drive me crazy some people don't notice don't care don't mind the smell that comes out of my brother's bedrooms is so shocking you wouldn't believe it (laughs) but they genuinely don't care like some people just can kind of live in a different state of being and I think they might oh sorry please I just think you need to figure out something in your head where you have some lines and you aren't as affected by it emotionally and there are children who that's exactly right and there are children who or grandchildren who will always remember we used to go to my grandmother's house and it was filthy yeah and no one died it was just that's the story that my grandparents had a filthy house and it gets on your nerves, but it really has to do with your relationship. Look, we're talking about me. Do I think it's okay for someone to have a filthy house? No, I hate it, but that's not my house. That's their house that they live in. And it really, I would not be surprised if the mother thinks about cleaning the house and then becomes exhausted for any number of reasons, whatever it is. And your children come over. She thinks, the week before your children come over, she thinks, I'm going to clean the house. It's going to be perfect. Then, then it's it paralyzes five her, days thought of before. That. Yeah. Exactly. It's so totally. overwhelming. Who doesn't know that feeling? Not, maybe not with cleaning, but just this idea of like, I have to get something totally. done. I can't do it. You and know? It, totally overwhelmed. And then culturally, 
She feels that it is her responsibility to take care of the house. And then she feels insulted by the idea that you, uh, in some way, saying that she has become disempowered in some way that mm-hmm. she can't control her own house. Her life isn't together. Da, da, da. And then at the end of the day, your kids are there for an afternoon. Some people's idea of clean is different. Like it might be that before you arrive, there's clothes all over the floor. And actually before you come, she spends a few hours picking things up and putting them away, but she doesn't think of dust as dirt. So that's not her idea of cleaning the house. Like I think she could also be paralyzed by the entire situation. Like even the idea, she might be embarrassed for a cleaning person to go over there. You just don't yes. know. Yes, I know. Probably at That's this point, That's a real she thing. Is. Yeah. And people say, where does this go? And you think, oh, God. Right. Say, so it does sound daunting yeah. and exhausting. Daunting. The, That's such a good That's the, the scary, word. The scary, the yeah. thing about it that's so frustrating is you know how good they would feel after. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there, there is that thing, like Oprah used to say, then clean. Then they have, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, she used to say something like, clean house, love God, or something like that, which was just, you know, it's an antidepressant to see something dirty and then make it clean. Yeah. It's just an yeah. instant mood lifter, you know? I think if they're worried about the house not being clean for the cleaning lady, practically you could also, if you manage to hire this cleaning lady, if you say that they're doing it as a favor or you got it as a gift or whatever, you could clean the house before the cleaning woman comes. Like you could organize it that the first time she comes is after you've been there. You could do a bit of preliminary cleaning and then... Mm-hmm kind of help her get over the shame yeah i mean she's just i think that probably is the barrier to entry which is the house hasn't been cleaned in so long she mm. just doesn't and also if you're saying your mother is japanese and obviously cleanliness is a big part of that culture that there's probably uh, in wrapping back around to what we talked about at the beginning of the show a certain amount of shame involved mm. yeah and she feels ashamed that other people that to have other people in her home. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a cleaning service is a great idea. And you could also, the other thing is you could say, why don't you leave the house mm-hmm. and I'll be there and I'll make sure they right. don't touch yeah. this, whatever you're worried about that they're going to touch. Cause because if the mother's in there, she's going to say, which you know, Oh, just leave that. Oh, just leave that. And then the house will never get cleaned. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like when you're when people try to get rid of stuff. They're like, no, 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 keep that, keep that. Well, That's not a bad idea to say. Watering on watering here is what's right. going on. Yeah. It's that same decline into I don't. And and the other thing that's a bit sad about that when we're talking about grandchildren is this behavior, whether the mother realizes or not, is repellent. And yeah. so they're coming over less often, and they're spending less time together, and then the parents are becoming more withdrawn. And so it just feeds on itself where eventually that's why I sort of feel like not, not in, I agree with both of you that my initial approach was wrong, but I do think this house needs to be cleaned sooner rather than like you just because one thing, your environment has to affect you at a certain point, you know? And I think the worse it gets, the worse everything gets. I I think she could could also use one of her kids as an excuse. My mom, my mom uses, me as an excuse constantly and um i think it's one of the main purposes of having kids and you could say <laughs> yeah, right one exactly. of one of my kids has developed a dust allergy and it's really annoying or you know one of my kids is getting really funny about dirt and she freaks out every time she's dirty it's so annoying but would you mind if i hired a cleaning person just before we come Yes, there definitely just has to be some sort of a 
pre-clean before the clean or a pre-organization or what if, and then there's the sister. And by the way, the sister that's having, that says if the house isn't clean, she's having the reception somewhere else. Sounds like Mm. the healthiest member of this family. I mean, for sure. that's a great yeah. boundary that she says, well, I'd love to have it. Well, your and like it's we not going to be clean. I'm not having it there. That's boundaries fine. With your house. Your, boundaries with your parents are so uncomfortable the first couple times you do it. Like when I go home, I stay in yeah. a hotel. The shit I still get about it. You know, it's less and less, but it's still just like, why are you doing this? Da, 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 da. And it's sort of like, look, we can talk about this all weekend or we can have a lovely weekend, but yeah. I'm staying in the hotel. That's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also worth saying, you know, and it's uncomfortable, but it's then your house, you know, you it can get, do becomes you want, the normal but thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids are little, and they they're walking around without shoes on, and they're putting in everything in their mouths or whatever they're doing. I don't know how old these kids are. I don't remember if it said in the letter. And- I also just think they're talking about this too much. Like you. You can talk these things to death, but you just need to do it. It's like when you haven't been to the dentist in years and you're so terrified of it. And actually the only solution is go to the dentist. And it's like, you can talk about why she doesn't want a cleaning person for forever and ever and ever, but you can also just rip the bandaid off and hire someone and it will get easier every time. And also, by the way, why not use the sister's bridal shower as an excuse and just yeah. say, look, so-and-so's bridal shower is coming up. Uh, I've decided as a gift, I'm going to give you a deep, I'm going to send a crew over to the house to clean the place and help you organize it because I can't imagine how overwhelming it must be to think about having all those people in your house. And so, don't say you're going to do, you do it. Say you already paid for it. Just say you already yeah. paid for it. Parents yeah. respond so just differently you when they think you've it. spent any money on anything. And say yeah. you got a discount. Be like... Right. Just lying. <laughs> All my solutions are just lying. But no, just well, say, like, you kind of have to, though. Yeah. Well, at a certain point, you lie about everything to your parents, or at least you, not yeah. lie, but you sugar. You, the, the, you yeah. always show you them can only call the bright it lying, side. Or yeah. you can call it saving face, mm-hmm. which is allowing your mother the little bit of space. You know, there's. I don't think it's dishonest. I think what you're doing no. is creating a little bit, a little moat between you and the other person where they can move closer to you. Yeah. A little space where. You say, if I take, again, we're talking about shame. If I remove a little bit of the shame from this and I make this easier for you, a gift easier for you to accept, something that you need, will you take it? And that allows her to approach instead of just saying, you live in a dump and I'm coming over with a dustbuster. Yeah. Which is what I would probably do, but that's me. All right, Scarlett. We've come to the end of the road. I would never. Still I never want it to end. I know, uh, neither do I. We could do 4,000. We'll have Scarlett on a special Patreon. We'll do 400 more questions with Scarlett. Oh, Fabulous. That would be my dream. When's your birthday, Scarlett? June 21st, Midsummer's Day. Oh, isn't that yeah. lovely? There we yeah. go. Can I come on for my birthday? That's of all I want. I know if you make a t shirt. You have to make a t shirt. A trip to Costa Rica. I just want a trip back to the carriage. We'll get a Verbo. Yeah, we'll right. do, you can verbal the carriage house for your birthday. How does that sound? There you would go. make a killing on that. <laughs> no kidding. But then you, no one can stay in here with me. Scarlett, you can. No. Because yeah, then you'll no, be able no. to listen. No, to I'm going to do a yeah. Patreon level, though. I think it's going to be either $500 or $5,000 a month. I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> and someone can have a 20-minute conversation with me once a month for that. That's for that what, is, I, what, a what a steal. What a steal. Oh, there are plenty of people who would do that for real, Ronna. Yeah. I'm honestly worried yeah, I'll be Ronna. too busy if I offer yeah. that level. And you might and be. I'm going to join but, yeah. Cameo, but it's going to be $50,000 for me to send it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and if somebody that's you want it that bad, the wheel of that's yeah. the you'll, right. You'll you get, get what you pay for. That's the barrier to entry. So uh, all right, dear. What's our recap? And I'm okay. going to tell you this, Scarlet Deal. The Veen and Vint is no longer available. It was a seasonal flavor, but it'll be back next season, probably. Right? Hopefully, it'll be back sometime. But uh, next year, you mean? Yeah. Right. But. I do have a couple of bags in my personal stash. So if you're if you're desperate, you can DM me your address and I'll send you one one of my bags. That's all okay. I can promise. I do think you it next year I think it should be seasonal for the whole of winter, is all I'm saying. Because European winters are long. And we have a long, long time of cold. Yeah. So, all right. I'll take it into consideration. Theory. I have a question, by the way. You said that occasionally your family will just go live somewhere for a year. I want to know where else you've lived besides yes. Los Angeles. We've all just moved to LA. We lived in Bali for a year when I was a little child, which what? I know, which, um, what I don't even know where that was is. Amazing. It, Indonesia. Indonesia. Oh, wow. Oh, Bali. Bali. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I thought you said I barley. I'm sorry. <laughs> we lived there actually before it was cool. Wow. Um, How old were your I parents was, at that time? They would have, so I was like five. So it was 20 years. So they were, my mom was 40. My dad was 40 something. Um, and they just decided to take a year off. Yeah, they do. Well, my dad writes. But they're so both they writers, kind of, right? They're, they're both writers. They can yeah. do it from anywhere. And I think, I think my secret theory is that they're just both very codependent and they're very bad at saying no to things they don't want to do. So the only way they're able get to, to get is get out of leave, town. Yeah, literally leave the country. <laughs> they, have so many, they have so many obligations in London. They're just like, we have to but get out But they enjoy of each other's company. Oh my God, they're grossly in love. That's gorgeous. For That's real. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's the, they're like, the... What, a, what wonderful relationship role models, you know? But yeah, did they have to homeschool you? Yeah, they had to homeschool us. My mum oh, homeschooled us. The only pain. lessons, the only lesson she did was sex education and drug education because that was all. What she else was do you need? In. To be honest, yeah. With you. So we just learned loads about <laughs> sex and loads about drugs. Um, and then we lived in New York for a year, um, where a few years ago. Fabulous. Yeah, nice. The, the people what about Italy? When are you going to Italy? Does the family go to Italy? We don't, but that would. I mean, that would be a great one. I think they like to speak the language <laughs> yeah oh, we need to learn italian yeah sure all right i don't well, think they're cool enough for italy you know i think I italians that would had... look down on us oh well that's but that's their prerogative that's the point yeah yeah they're messy and yeah. but they have style yeah. you know they were everybody gets a little you know you don't have the style but yeah. you can organize your life sort of thing yeah they, yeah uh what's the apron in having the germans of the the, in heaven, the Germans organize everything. The Italians cook, and the French are the lovers, or something like that. And then in hell, it's they, or it's the other way around. The French, oh, or the Italians the organize everything. The, the Germans cook. The, the Germans cook. Oh and, God! Yeah, and so I don't. The British are the lovers, or something. Like that. <laughs> right. How it works? It's an apron. The I'll British get aren't good at anything. I'll get it for you. For you, they're good at they're good at holding on to their money. They made all that money hundreds of years ago, and they're still, yeah. they're still, That's and they're a hottie, excellent at colonialism. <laughs> they're excellent colonialists, and they're a hardy people. Uh, when the chips are down, I think you yeah, we're good at complaining. British guy we're, in your boat. We're good at complaining, and I think we're good at making the best of bad situations and making yeah. jokes about it. That's true. Tough. 
and ju- um, and also at conversation. Fabulous conversationalists. Yeah. yeah. And also not, not terribly everyone. concerned with being the best, you know? No. And funny. No, if anything, so shameful to be the best. Right, right. It's it's, it's an attractive Any achievement is like (laughs) horrific and so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, dear. So this is, as you know, the time in the show where we... uh, Do the gift. Where we we do the uh, This is the gift. This is the recap and the giveaway. So here's what's going on. We give something special to one of the people who wrote in at the end of every episode. So who are we going to give it to today? Who deserves our special little prize the most? And we have to figure out what we're giving them because we had been doing things off the Ronica list for yeah. December mm-hmm. and now we're in January. Yeah. Well, Ooh, Is there something yes. nice smelling that we could give the lady with the mother with the messy house? Sure. But that's a no. That doesn't work. That's a okay. give, re, that's a tra, these gifts are non transferable. That's, no, that's the no, number but for one. Her to like smell while she's there. Oh, to use while she's clean as like a lid. No, just for her to like protect. Like if I'm going into my brother's ah. bedroom, I wear loads of perfume, so I'm like in a little cloud of my own. That's a nice idea. Nice she's going to come over and burn a candle. Is that what you're saying, or is she going to be using a, one of these gorgeous? By here's the thing. Byredo or Byredo, you know, what's his name? Henry yeah. from Washington, D.C. is going to get on me for mispronouncing this. That's his new favorite thing. I don't even, we, I've never heard of what you're talking about. We forgot to read his letter. Oh, they're amazing. They make beautiful scents and they make mm. a gorgeous hand sanitizer. Mm. How do you and say, by, what, how do you spell Byredo? B-Y-I-E-D-O. How do you say okay. it, Scarlett? Byredo. It's, you have to get into it. It's very you, I feel, having only known you for Oh, yeah. Brian's going to love it. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. You. Yeah. They've I'm going to send, I'll send one to Brian. Which one do you like? Tobacco Rose. I got my brother one for Christmas and I felt very fancy. There was the Tobacco Rose one. Is that one? And they're candles or they're um, scents? Scents. Okay. But they also make a hand cream, a hand sanitizer, mm. or this or that. And so, why don't we send you either a cream or a hand sanitizer that when you're there, you yeah. can, first of all, because everything feels dirty to you when you're there, you can t- you can put a little on your hand and, well, you know that we're big scent people on the show, Scarlett. But we I'm think that that's the a, biggest scent a great way to take a moment, scent to yourself yeah. and remember that your mother is just a flawed person like everybody else in that moment yeah. and sort of say, how can I help her here as opposed to, how could I strangle her? Which is probably how you feel when you're standing in front. How do I not throttle and use these hands for another purpose? And you get it at Bath and Body Works? So why don't we just get her a gift card there? $10. I just, I, you know, it's too early in the year right, <laughs> for these kind of jokes. I was, so I was so desperate over the holidays. Someone had to bring me milk from Trader Joe's. Did you see that? I posted a picture of my refrigerator, which I, of course, had some gorgeous orangina in there, which Emma noticed. Emma noticed. Sure. Uh, But I was so desperate. I think it was December 26th, Boxing Day or something. And somebody said, do you need anything? I bring anything. I said, could you bring me some milk? And I, of course, expected it to be, you know, organic, et cetera, et cetera. And they showed up. It was that, you know who it was, that sad single mother, Eliza. Got it. Oh, the poor thing. I mean, you know. know, Yeah. yeah. Uh, And so the best she could do as a single mother, I guess, was go to Trader Joe's. And I just, 
<laughs> I just, I said, what do you want me to do with this? But I was desperate. So that's Rhonda, can happened. I tell you something? I'm so influenced by you. My family's just moved here. And, and they love Trader Joe's. Discovered Trader Joe's, obsessed with Trader Joe's. I was ambivalent. And now every time they go, I look down on them and I go, you know, Trader Joe's isn't actually very good. And Rona does not like Trader Joe's. And I think we are above Trader Joe's and I'm not eating your Trader Joe's food. Yes, ask them what their favorite pot is. Is it the ringing bell or is it the, <laughs> you know what? Maybe it was the year they spent in Bali that it doesn't bother them to see them. It's the wine like the, lo- the local Joe's. market yeah. is Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of you, Scarlett. No, but I won't. I'm I'm a little fancy old lady trying to push my views <laughs> on my family. Well, Brana has been known to to love a peppermint JoJo. Let's be. I didn't get no. But that's the only exception I make is the do you peppermint know, JoJo, do and you, I didn't get any JoJo. Do you want to know something? Year. I bought you a pack of them, and they were in here for two months, and well, I was like, you I never can't give alerted her them. me, and I was like, I can't give her these anymore. What, why didn't you alert me? You absolutely could have. I was looking for them last week. And in fact, the single Are mother, Eliza, the sad single mother, Eliza, when she said she was going to Trader Joe's, I said, can you see if they have any JoJo's? I literally them? bought you a package of them, Rana, but then they were, I didn't see you for so long. We they were here for like two months. Exact conversation. I said, the only thing I care about is a peppermint JoJo from Trader Joe's. But I said, you probably won't get one because it's too late in the season. Sometimes you can get one in the variety pack of the chocolate dipped JoJo. And they sure. were completely. And then she said she went to the desk and asked the customer service. And they laughed at her because it was December twenty fourth or whatever it was that she that she. Was, of course, there's no JoJo's. Well, now I'm mad that I didn't. What, by the way, in what world would I think that the JoJo's wouldn't be shelf stable? Like, why did I think after two months they'd go bad? Did you really throw them out? I did. I thought if you they were, did. I'm going to throw you out of the carriages. It's that Rana, I, I literally thought they went bad because I got them for you so early in the season. Anyway, speaking Scarlet. of cookies, goes bad. Speak. It's isn't that, isn't that true? That's the well, perk. It does can't go bad. It starts it's out already bad. Rough. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Scarlett and I are going to have tea at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I guess so. As soon as, yeah. the, um, as, soon as the Omicron passes, I can't Please. wait. Or we go to the Bel Air because we don't need to be with the riffraff at the at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Sure. Yeah. 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 We'll see yeah. if Lisa Vanderpump wants to meet us for a swan they- a swan you do it. Tea they the execute gay yeah. people. They execute gay people at the Bel Air Hotel just a little <laughs> bit more friendly than they do. Actually, Brian, <laughs> the it's the same owner. The Bel Air Hotel saying. and the and the Hotel uh, yes, Bel Air. I know it's all Dorchester, but what I'm saying is that at the Bel Air yeah. Hotel, they're a little bit classier about the way that they execute. They, them. Yeah, they drown them in the river there instead. <laughs> this is a horrible conversation. In any event, speaking of cookies, yeah, I forgot we have so. We will often have one Girl Scout whose cookies we will push on this podcast. You remember Penelope Cookies? Yeah. Penelope Cookies is a teenager now. I was going to say, she's a little long in the tooth for that. So this year we have a new Girl Scout. Her name is Phoebe. And if you go to tinyurl.com slash Phoebe Cookies, this thing is so cute. Her goal at the moment is 100 boxes of cookies. She's already at 67. I want to blow her little brain apart. She says that she's doing it because she wants to learn how to do math. And she and her friends want to donate to local charities. The cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. She's the cutest. You know who she is? She's the daughter of that journalist 
from the Financial Times, Joshua Chaffin. You know the one I'm talking about. I do know the one. You're, I've had lunch. I've had lunch with him, Ron. Not only that, I don't know if you were reading his coverage of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, but come it on, was saucy stuff. I'll go back and read it now. Yeah, I love hot stuff. I'll give you my I password because I know that you're not subscribed. I'll give it to both of you because it's expensive uh, to be to be an FT reader. But we go Wait, to tiny. TinyURL.com. TinyURL.com. She's typing it in right now. I love this. I'm typing it in. right on top of it. Phoebe Cookies. Phoebe Cookies. Phoebe Cookies. Yes. Tiny P-H-O-E-B-E I found it. I found it. Cookies. Okay, I've got it. What number is she at now? How many boxes does she have to go? She's 57 packages left to go. I am ordering as we speak. Oh my God, they've got gluten-free ones. And the other she is, is so cute. I can't stand it. Look at Wait her little minute. face. She's the cutest thing you've ever seen. Uh, she wants to build confidence. This is definitely going to be. And so by the way, it looks like if you don't want them necessarily, you can donate them as well. That's exactly. Ooh. My troop and I have goals of going camping and participating in fun educational activities throughout the year that also support our community. We'd also like to make donations to the community. I hope to learn to, to how to sell items, do math, and build confidence from selling cookies. What okay, in the hell are adventurefuls? Please go I ahead. Have, what is just, the, the, the Girl Scout cookie of choice? Because I well, adventurefuls. Well, okay, okay, I'll the tell thin you. Thin mint is the classic cookie, okay. and the s- Samoas are absolutely delicious, and the peanut butter, the um, the dosi dos, whichever Those are ones, the peanut butter sandwich cookies. No, I like the no. other ones, the peanut oh, butter yeah. patty cookies. Oh, the peanut butter. Oh, that's the tagalong. The tagalong. Tagalong, oh, okay. yeah. Samoa, thin well, mint. What's and, an adventureful? I've never seen this. My God, I'm looking it up no, right it's now. An, oh, it's an indulgent brownie inspired cookie with caramel, caramel flavored cre- cream. creme pot in it. There's an, there's an oh, accent. Excuse on me. It. And excuse a hint me. of sea salt. When did they get so fancy over at the Girl uh, Scouts? Two cookies are 120 calories. Uh, wait, you're gluten-free. You're going to have to have the toffee-tastics, guy. Yeah, but I've got lots of family members who aren't. How about all those boys? Exactly, all the boys. Yeah. All the boys. They, let me tell you something. All the, those boys are going to sit down with a sleeve of Thin Mints. The Thin Mint yeah. has – it. they don't say this on the box, but the serving size is one sleeve. Oh, wow. You sit down and you eat 20. It's like eating it's a oh, yeah, cookie. You, you have to yeah. eat all There's no stopping. There's you just no have stopping. to eat all of them. Um, we obviously call these biscuits. Can I just to go back to another question? The yeah. girl with the with the ten, annoying ten year old boy, just buy some Girl Scout cookies and give them out to him, and he'll be putty in your hands. Or That's just true. eat them in front of him. Uh, yes. Sure. And then off say then off. If you ever yeah. want a child to come near you, just start eating Girl Scout cookies. They start circling. Yeah. It's like chumming for a shock. It's and then true. you can say things like, they, if you don't think girls are cool, you can't have these cookies. Yeah, these are for yeah. gay. These are gay cookies. These are for gay. Yeah, exactly. if you eat them, you could tell them if you eat you them, you're going to turn people. gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then tell him he's going to go visit Miss Yan again. If you it's eat these absolutely. and you don't like gay people, they taste like poo. That's yeah, if he eats them and he says he loves them, you should say, oh, well, all my gay friends love these cookies. You must be gay too or something. Wait, Ronna, yeah. I'm worried about this. There's an option to have Girl Scout Phoebe deliver the cookies herself. I feel like we shouldn't be saying that because she's going to be too busy. Well, Plus, she's the, on the East Coast, isn't that's she? That's only a local delivery service in Montclair, okay. New Jersey. 
Okay. And I would say you're right. We should speak to her parents about screening who she's delivering Mm. to before she goes over there. But I do believe she'll be accompanied by an adult. I'd like to think. She's going to have to go to the North Pole or wherever you're. But we can also, we can see if Phoebe can, maybe she can mock that off of her as one of her options on her. You're right. Now that, we can, just, now that she's gone, absolutely. She's going to blow up. With gonna, these cookies. Viral, yeah. But I don't want people to think that she, when she hits a hundred cookies, this is over. What oh, I, by the way, I, no I think we did 1100 for Phoebe. No one I mean, watches, for Penelope. No one watches a counter like Rana. I'm the same way, by the way. I'm I all check over in, this counter. I love counters. Yes. Yes. I'm all over it. We got to eleven hundred boxes with Penelope cookies, <gasps> I believe. Yeah, and I want to see if we can smash eleven. We've got to beat them. Well, beat that, Phoebe. <laughs> so say. Well, I, I just called you Phoebe, Scarlett. Would you like to hear the cliffhanger, or <laughs> would you like? Obviously, I'm staying for the cliffhanger. Okay, Brian's. You're never getting me off this Zoom. You're going to have to kick me off. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Okay, here we go. Let me. Then find I out. have to go because someone's coming to my house to give me a concierge COVID test. <gasps> oh, wonderful, Rana! Oh no, I wouldn't want to. I mean, that's Trader Joe's. Go Going yeah. and waiting in the line is Trader Is it a Joe's. is it a bogo? Yeah. A what? Is it a bogo? Buy one get one free. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm right in the carriage. Buy one shows. get one. Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. No, but you know what it is to say? I will tell people this little clue. It is sale season in Europe. You know that you can only, there's only a couple of, in France in particular, there's only like one week of the year that they're allowed to have sales. And it is that time right now. So if if anyone was looking for something that they didn't get get for Christmas, this is the time to dig deep into those pockets and, you know, get that sheared mink coat or whatever it is. You want, you know. <laughs> whatever you want to wear to the Bel Air hotel. <laughs> well, you, why, buy a whole new outfit you can bring date. them, you can bring the mink to tea and then you can make mittens yeah. out of them afterwards. <laughs> what, this is, this is really, I really love where this is gone. By no, the way. I'm going to cut, I'm cutting the Bel Air hotel reference. Cause you always why? Me feel so rotten. Oh, place. I don't mean, Rana. I'm kidding. You know that. Dear Ronna Bryant, impossible esteemed guest. Well, first of all, she is very esteemed, but she's not going to answer this question with this one. No, that's the part, that's the sad part about the cliffhanger. Is the guest often doesn't get to answer the question. First, I want to say I love the pod and have been listening since you started. I was already a longtime Brian and Ronna fan, and having you two together in one podcast is a dream. Love you. Nice both. of them to put your name first. Is this don't from think Naomi? I ever is this anonymous notice. or is it from Naomi? You know, you know what? We're going to see. <laughs> Second, I desperately have needed some friendship advice for the past several years and have finally pushed myself to write out an uh, email to you. Years worth. Okay. I've been friends with, in quotes, John for over a decade. I met him at karaoke where I drunkenly fell into him and he kindly introduced himself. I was in my early 20s. Don't judge. We hit it off and soon began hanging out, often at karaoke. It bothers yes. me that she said, don't judge, or he or she said, don't judge there, because I don't know, what do I care? That sounds like fun. Isn't that fun. how you meet people in your 20s, bumping yeah. into them in karaoke Drunk. bars Definitely. or wherever? Yeah. We hit it off and soon began hanging out, often at karaoke bars with a large group of his friends. Oh, well, that's, I mean, at the know, time I was a lot young, of karaoke. That is a lot. At the time, I was young and broke, and John often bought rounds, dinners, and several times bought me concert or theater tickets. John is about 20-plus years older than myself. Don't shame, Rana. And I was more financially stable. So while I was uncomfortable with him spending money on me, I didn't put up a fight. A few years ago, I got a notification that John added a new 
added new videos to his YouTube channel that I subscribed to. Loving his videos, I quickly checked them out. It looked as if he had accidentally uploaded all the videos on the phone, on his phone, since there were a large number of them. Is that a thing that can happen to people? I have no idea. I clicked on one to see if my assumption was correct and to let him know, and the video I watched horrified me. In the video, John can be seen propping up his phone on the kitchen counter and putting items around as if to conceal it. He then wanders around his kitchen, seemingly waiting for something. A young man who seemed to be underage to me came in shirtless to talk about lawn maintenance he was doing for John. John disappears to get something for the guy, leaving the guy standing there shirtless in the kitchen awkwardly. Eventually, John returns, gives him something, the guy leaves, and John retrieves his phone and stops recording. Who enters a person's house shirtless? Very strange. All the videos were quickly deleted, so I never saw the other ones and have no idea if they were similar. The video has upset me for the past few years. The idea of secretly recording someone, possibly an underage kid, who's half-dressed, leaves me feeling sick. I have a few friends who know John, and they agreed the video was wrong and weird, but not as much as I do. Since I found the video, I've hardly seen John. I wasn't sure how to face him. him. Uh, I do message or text him occasionally usually in response to something he sent me first. I feel bad since we were such good friends. He spent so much money on me in the past, and he has no idea why I started to ghost him. I should probably add three other details about John that may be relevant. One, I have seen him flirt with younger, straight males and try to switch them. I had a male friend, and he did this too. He was not in a good mental place, and it really messed him up. Two, Mm -hmm. he's beloved by many, many people. He's extremely popular, has many friends, and is well-known in the community. Three, my husband strongly dislikes him. He met him when we first started dating, and John said something on the lines of, don't break, <coughs> don't break her heart or I'll hurt you, but in an offensive way. I'm still not 100% sure what exactly was said, but my husband immediately disliked him. After he heard about the video, he now strongly dislikes him. So is this video as bad as I think it is, or am I overreacting? Should I put an end to the friendship? Do I owe him anything for the money he spent on me? Thank you for your advice. And apologies if this letter was too long. Kiss, kiss, Jay. She, her. Well, this is a fun one. I mean, this is. Know, yeah. I just mean fun to, yeah. this is a good cliffhanger. Yeah. But I would say if you still have the video in your possession or the link, please send it to us. What? I want to know if it was staged or if it was, because no one walks into a sh- house without their shirt on. It's very odd. So I want to know if this was a sort of, you know, amateur production or if it was actually, is there some sort of- terrified that you can just upload your videos by mistake. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. If anyone in this whole carriage house is some kind of security expert, please let us know You also have to wonder, like, why, first of all, it's a weird How you thing avoid to do. that from happening. Mm-hmm. But second of all- take forever. You look down at your phone. How could you possibly, mm-hmm. if you had to upload everything on your phone, wouldn't it be- in the process for Couldn't he have also just done it, like recorded him or taken a picture of him while he was like mowing the lawn? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Wouldn't that have been more discreet? I'm wondering if it was some sort of a graphic encounter yeah, like that everyone agreed thing. to. Yes. Jeez Louise. We'll go to patreon.com slash Louise indeed. To find out what we think of that. <laughs> Scarlett, do you like people to follow you places? Yes, you can follow me. I am at Scar Curtis on Instagram and I'm never on Twitter. So you can just follow me on Instagram. Scar Curtis on Instagram. Go buy her books. They're fabulous. Um, Bookshop.org. Bookshop.org, which we love. Scarlett, you really 
Yeah. Nailed it today. I got to be honest oh, with you. You were so, so good. An absolute delight of a human being. And I mean, I could no listen joke. to your adorable, what you say, your soft voice, your lovely voice. <laughs> I could listen to all day. Me I too. Mean, if, it wasn't um, for, if it wasn't for Betty, we would invite you back. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. I'm just kidding. We didn't, we didn't hear her at all. True, this has been a literal dream. I love you both so much. This podcast is a service to the world and thank you for having me. You're so so kind. Please come see us again in the carriage house, won't you? Please. And we have our date now. We do. Brian's not invited. Just kidding. Of course he is. No, I'll come. I'll come. I'll come. Yeah. Well, not there. Yeah. Let's go to the peninsula. (laughs) No, don't. No, we'll go to Trader Joe's if you come. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do. Everyone wins. We'll go to Trader Joe's with you and then you'll go to the ballet with us. Except that I'm not going to the ballet. I know you're not. I know you're not, dear. (laughs) All right. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.